This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, Veeam 10 is finally here, and we bring in the Veeam folks to give you the inside scoop. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipoc. Zipoc. I love NetApp because it's so funny. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the studio with me today on the phone. We have several people from Veeam as well as NetApp's uh, own TMEs for backups. Uh, so, so let's start with the NetApp side. Uh, Janine Walter, hi. What do you do here at NetApp and how do we reach you? Hey, I'm Janine Walter, Senior Technical Marketing Engineer covering Ooh, senior. data protection for ONTAP. Yeah, so exciting. Uh, so you can reach me at janine.walter at netapp.com or j9walter on the Twitter. Excellent. Also on the phone, I hinted at our Veeam people. We have two of those because um, we have lots of resources for Veeam here. Um, so Michael Cade is here as usual. Michael, what do you do and how do we reach you? You sound so happy for me to be here. Well, you know, I'm getting a little sick of you being on this podcast, Michael. I mean, who are you anyway? <laughs> So, yeah, I'm a senior global technologist at Veeam. So I sit in the product strategy group. I get to listen to our customers. I get to write a bit of content uh, and feed that back into our product management team. And hopefully they listen and we do some cool things with our product. Are you sure you're not just Rick Vanover with a British accent? I am (laughs) very much trying to be like Rick Vanover. (laughs) That's what he wants to be when he grows up. That's right, when he grows up. To, yeah. yeah, or grows down, whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> also on the phone with us from Veeam, Adam Berg. Hi, Adam. What do you do? How do we reach you? Hey, Justin. I am Adam Berg. I am Veeam's senior global architect for NetApp Solutions here at Veeam Software. You can reach me on the Twitters at AJ Berg. That's A-J-B-E-R-G-H. Or reach me via email at adam.berg at veeam.com. And what I do here at Veeam is uh, I work on NetApp, which is which is a pretty cool, pretty cool job. Uh, I get to think about NetApp and Veeam all day long, uh, and they pay me for this. I cannot believe it. It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is fantastic. <laughs> so I'm part of Veeam's uh, R and D organization. So my primary focus is on developing tighter integrations between Veeam's core products and NetApp, and uh, doing joint solutions, joint architectures doing a bit of uh, white paper uh, uh, creation, uh, speaking uh, on behalf of, of the Veeam and NetApp Alliance at uh, NetApp Insight and Veeamon. You may have seen me. Um, so I'm really happy to be here and really excited about what we're going to be talking about today. So, uh, Adam, is, is Michael your boss? No, not at all. <laughs> why, does he, why, why does he talk to you like he's your boss? Why does he talk to you like he's your boss? I'm trying to create some controversy at Veeam. <laughs> I can barely look after myself, Justin. That's right. Uh, so they do have one thing in common. What do you and Michael have in common, Adam? So we are part of this uh, really interesting group of, uh, of techies that we call the NetApp A-Team. So the NetApp A-Team, if you haven't heard of this group yet, uh, is a group of, uh, for better or worse, is, is NetApp fanboys. So we, uh, and, and girls. And hey, so, I was going to say, hold on, right. I feel like yeah. I'm being left out here. I'm yeah, going to have absolutely. to join this group. So we are, 
yeah. So the NetApp A team um, is an advocacy group. Um, we we get to, we we like to blog, we like to tweet, social media around NetApp products. Uh, we've been doing doing this for a long time, even before we uh, we came to Veeam. And um, a lot of our feedback goes right into to NetApp product management. We've we've have uh, probably an outsized influence on NetApp's uh, roadmap and, and future direction, uh, which we which we really enjoy. So that's what the what the NetApp A team is. I just wanted to note that I'm contractually obligated to mention the A-team every time there's an A-team member on here. So um, you're welcome, Sam. Uh, Do you get kickbacks for that? <laughs> I, I, get, I, I, don't, I get to not be yelled at. That's my kickback. <laughs> so um, we're here to talk about Veeam, especially uh, Veeam 10, which is finally out um, after Yay. a long anticipated wait. I won't say how long because that would be embarrassing for Adam. Um, so, <laughs> well, well worth the wait, though, right? It is absolutely. Yeah, this is very exciting. I kid, I kid. Uh, we love our Veemers. Um, so, Michael, before we get started in talking about Veem Ten, what is Veem in general? That's a very big question. Um, so, from a Veem point of view, we obviously started off life a good twelve, thirteen years ago, really protecting virtualization. So, VMware, Hyper V workloads and then over the last two maybe three years we've been really focusing on broadening that platform so looking after our physical windows physical linux with our agents also looking at legacy agents with oracle um so from a solaris point of view from a from an aix point of view as well as diving into SaaS based protection looking at also cloud cloud native protection aws azure we know that the world is just blown up in that area over the last last 18 months, two years. So really, Veeam has been focused on that cloud data management story for the last um, year, and a, year and a bit and focusing on how we protect that, that data or those workloads in those, those areas. So, I mean, for, for you know, the uninitiated, you know, we kind of associate Veeam just with virtualization backups. Is that kind of where they got their star and did they kind of start doing other things over the years? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... Yeah, like I say, we started off with VMware and, and Hyper-V and then moved further into that virtualization space, enhancing what we do there. And now we're at this point of, okay, so I mentioned around the cloud and being able to protect those native workloads, but also how do we leverage the cloud to to store our backups or, or tier our backups into, into object storage, for example, in Amazon S3 or Microsoft Azure Blob Storage or in our, our S3 compatible. So the likes of NetApp Storage Grid, for example, is a is a good good target for us to to store our backups to as well. So, Adam, um, Veeam ten is new and is out, and we talked about it at NetApp Insight this past year. So, give us the lowdown. What is Veeam ten, and what's in it? So, Veeam ten is is the biggest release in Veeam's history. So, it's something that we've actually been working on for for three years, or maybe even a little bit longer than three years for some of the core capabilities that are coming out. In uh, in the suite, so Veeam ten is actually uh, like I said, it's a suite. It's called the Veeam Availability Suite version ten. So it's it's uh, it's more than just our core backup and replication. There are updates to uh, Veeam one, our, our analytics and monitoring tools. There are updates to our physical backup for for Windows and Linux. Um, there's there's enhancements to uh, our backup capabilities around SAP and Oracle. Um, there are additional capabilities for backing up Unix workloads that are all updated to version 10. So this is a major release. It's, it's a, a broad suite of, of products um, that are all being updated to version 10. 
But the, the core product in our suite is, of course, Veeam Backup and Replication version 10. And that's what we're here to talk about today, the major new capabilities in here. Um, I think, Michael, correct me if I'm wrong here, 150 new enhancements and capabilities in backup and replication v10 so it's it's a massive update um to 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 what we're bringing to the market and uh, i think we want to highlight a few of those capabilities here on today so i mean we got almost an hour we can go through all 110 of them if you like yeah let's, <laughs> let's do it let's do yeah, it that's pretty awesome yeah <laughs> that's, that's but i want but but the, tr- the, the the deal is you have to do it from rote so i mean you, you can't you can't just like have a piece no of notes. paper in front of you no notes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them all memorized, so we don't need those. Let's go. Okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah, so let's go ahead and start talking about some of those uh, select features that you wanted to talk about. So the major new capability uh, in, in Veeam Backup and Replication V10 is is the number one ask for our customers uh, from a missing capability standpoint in our product is finally being delivered in V10. And, Michael, do you want to give a little bit of history around this capability here? So in, in case anybody... Uh, on listening to this podcast doesn't know the history of of, of what uh, what we're bringing here in this ma- in this in this capability. Yeah, I think it's it's important to also roll back. Like, so 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 when when we first announced that we were going to do something around NAS backup or or at least starting that that development cycle around NAS backup, we were really focused on obviously that unstructured data um, and being able to protect that and. In a true Veeam fashion, we wanted to be agnostic to that. We wanted to be make sure that we were flexible in terms of being able to protect SMB, NFS. But also, there's a lot of people that over the years have architected or they've always had Windows and Linux file servers. So we needed to make sure that we had had those all of those aspects covered. So a flexible way of approaching this. Um, before we get into like the, the technical bit of this is, so we first showed or announced this back at Veeamon 2017 um, as part of some of the stuff that Adam Adam spoke about. And yes, I was there. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. there you go. Um, and, and the biggest thing there was exactly the same. That the, the mantra of simplicity and flexibility hasn't changed in terms of what we wanted to bring out. But one of the things, one of the advantages that we had was that we could see what the what unstructured data was doing from a from a, a in the data center today or within the cloud today is that like the growth of that that unstructured data was going growing exponentially the challenges around backing that up was changing or things like ndmp based solutions weren't cutting the speed in which the industry needed to take those backups so people were potentially reverting back to either not having a an actual backup of that that nas data so we had to approach that in a, well, how do we do it different? Because we could have just quite easily enhanced what we do around NDMP. We do NDMP to tape, but really we didn't just, we, well, we never want to just tick a box, right? We never want to just say, oh, we can do this. We want to, let's move the needle. Let's change about what we're or how we're approaching this and make it better for today rather than um, just ticking a box and saying we do this. So what, what Michael's trying to say is is that we've spent the last several years working on this product to make sure that we are delivering a true enterprise class NAS backup capability in V10, something that truly scales to the billions of files and the petabytes of data from a data protection capability standpoint. Right. So this okay. is that this is actually in terms of what's under the hood and what we're shipping, this is our first release of, of NAS backup capability coming in 
version 10, but this is actually the third rewrite of the code inside of Veeam. You know, the first two writes of the code just weren't cutting it from a scalability standpoint. And that's sort of the, the reason for the bit of the delay on here, but we really wanted to release something that was truly enterprise class, truly delivered on the scalability promise, and also truly delivered on the ease of use that Veeam is famous for, right? Being able to minimize the amount of mouse clicks, minimize the, uh, the level of effort and training that go into delivering an enterprise grade capability. So in Veeam version 10, you can literally pick this product up without reading any manual, without looking at any help documents, and you could start protecting your NAS data straight. Yeah, away. it's that simple. That's really one of the things that I, I really love about Veeam. You know, from all the products I use and work with, Veeam is just it's such a pleasure. It's so easy. It's intuitive. You can figure out what you need to do right away. You don't have to open a YouTube video or a manual or look something up to try to figure out how to do it. It's it's all pretty intuitive. Um, but with your your NAS backup, w what's different? I know you alluded to some of that now, making it easier, less mouse clicks. Yeah. But um, you know, what's different about your imp implementation? Yeah. So we're there's a lot of technical engineering that went under uh, that's under the hood in Veeam version 10 for NAS backup capability. So let's get into it. I want to, um, if I can get a little bit technical and get a little bit nerdy with the audience here on what we're doing under the hood, um, I'd like to. So first, let's start off with with what we're able to protect. So we're able to protect any SMB protocol version one, two, and three shares, any NFS v3 and v4.1 shares, and then any file shares that um, originate from a Linux or, or Windows file server. So that's what we're able to, those are all new capabilities from a data protection standpoint in Veeam Backup and Replication v10. And the way, uh, so there's, there's some changes. If you're a Veeam customer today or if you're familiar with Veeam, uh, there's a lot of uh, technical changes under the hood for, for NAS support. Number one, we've built an all new backup file format. So if you're familiar with Veeam's VBK backup file format, that is not what we're using to store backup data anymore. We built an all new backup file format that we're calling blobs. They're basically 64 meg objects, very object storage, cloud friendly format for, for NAS backup in, in, in a new format that truly scales to petabytes of, of protected data. So we needed an all new file format for, 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 for protecting your data. That's, uh, that's a big change uh, in, 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 uh, in this capability. Number one, we've built an all-new engine, uh, a highly scalable engine to, to provide ultra-fast incremental backup. So I need to mention that we're, this new technology is an incremental uh, forever backup technology. So this is a little bit different than our traditional physical and virtualization backup where you have backup chains and you periodically may need to do synthetic fulls or full backups uh, uh, on a periodic basis. That's not what this is. You do a full backup of your data on day one and it is a completely incremental backup forever technology. So that's really nice. And so what we've been working on really hard is how do we optimize incremental backup to be ultra high performance and ultra high scalability. So once you start looking at things from a hundreds of millions of files perspective or even billions of files perspective, we need to have an engine that can scale as your data scales and the number of files scales and the change rate of your data scales. So we've built a new NAS proxy capability that's highly scalable. So you add, uh, as you scale out NAS proxies, as we add more cores to our pool of available proxy, we can 
discover change files and folders in a much faster manner. So we've got we've built this entirely new uh, cache hashing algorithm. That's really the secret sauce of of our NAS backup capability. We've built a completely agnostic engine uh, that completely scales for detecting and determining change files. And there's a lot of in, uh, little clever tricks that we're doing uh, with this engine to be able to discover changed files very, very quickly. So what sort of things are you doing? So the, the, so one of the techniques that we do in our, in our hashing algorithm is we are first hashing, and, and this is a, we're using multi, mul- multiple different metrics to create a hash of a particular folder or file. So what we're doing is first we're hashing folders. And with our algorithm in, in, our, in our tool, we are able to determine if anything inside that folder has changed at all in, in, in that whole folder tree underneath. So what this does is first checking at the folder level and determining if anything has changed underneath it at all, it allows us to potentially ignore large sections of a, of a data set, especially in, in NAS where you could potentially have a lot of static data. This allows us to ignore uh, complete file trees or folder trees from having to check or determine if any, any files underneath have changed. So this is the first technique that we use to produce a, a much more efficient uh, checking of and, and discovery of incremental file data to, to be determined. And if we determine anything has changed under that folder, we'll, we'll do the same thing on the folders underneath. So first of all, we'll first we try to determine which folders have any changed data in them at all. And then we only look inside those folders then uh, and use our, our hashing engine to then determine which files have changed, discover those files, and then back up only the incrementally changed files. So and with the scalable engine, we're able to parallelize this process to a, a very extreme amount. Uh, and it's, it's very easy to add additional worker nodes or worker file NAS proxies into our pool of available resources to increase the power of this engine. So it's, it scales very, very easily. And these, these NAS proxies that, that do the actual work this can be just standard VMs. So you can spin up more of these VMs uh, to increase the power and available pool of the, of the NAS, the Veeam NAS proxy engine pool. And you can spin these down. So we can actually have on-demand scalability, if you will, for Veeam NAS proxies to increase the power of our engine. So there's some really interesting things that you can do with uh, things like Terraform scripting uh, or, or the scripting methodologies to actually on-demand increase the available pool of resources or power up these these NAS proxy uh, virtual machines uh, only when it's time to do a Veeam backup and then power them down. So it's a really nice on-demand scalable engine to to power up the performance of Veeam for these really, really massive data sets that we're, that we're testing with uh, and, and able to protect. So when you find a file that's changed, um, do you, do you take just pieces of that file that have changed, or you, you take the entire file? Is this, is this NAS-based, or is this block-based? So it is a file-based backup technology. So when we do, fi- uh, when we do find a, a file that has changed, we do, uh, do backup the entire file itself. So I'm hearing a lot about your, your, you leveraging your backups. What about leveraging NetApp snapshots? And um, can you use those, and are you leveraging any part of Snapdiff when you do that? So... Backing up from storage snapshots is a fundamental technology. It is a, a critical technology, especially in, in NAS, 
workloads where you commonly encounter open files or locked files. And the way that we are able to protect locked files, open files, et cetera, in, in NAS shares is to do backup from storage snapshot. So we have backup from storage snapshot capability built into our product. Um, so of course, you, um, when you add a share to Veeam, we have a, a button there that says enable backup from storage snapshot. And for uh, SMB or, uh, or, or SIFS shares, uh, we integrate with NetApp, uh, NetApp's uh, ONTAP's ability to understand VSS-aware calls. So we actually have a, an automated way to automatically create snapshots uh, that's, that get created automatically when a, back, a Veeam backup job starts, and the, and the snapshot automatically gets destroyed when the backup finishes. So a completely automated way to do backup from storage snapshot for any SMB or SIF shares. And then for NFS shares, you just specify the snapshot that you want to use for the backup. So it's very, very simple and easy way to do backup from stored snapshot. So um, on your second question there with, with Snapdiff, so if anyone uh, is unaware, Snapdiff is, is NetApp's API for uh, helping to determine changed files in a, in a data set. So we've built, initially with this release, we wanted to make something, uh, make an engine that was fast for, for all NAS backup providers. And so we're using Veeam's engine that I described with a scalable proxy scale-out hashing engine to determine change files. Um, so that's what we're using today in our, in our backup. So our NAS backup is going to be fast, uh, not only for ONTAP, but for other storage vendors as well. Excellent. Thanks for that. While you're backing these up, are you keeping an index anywhere for these so you can do elastic search-like functionality to find oh, those yeah. files quickly? Yep. So backing up you know, millions, hundreds of millions, billions of files wouldn't be really useful if you didn't have a, a, an ultra fast way to search those files and, and recover individual files if you want. So we've got a, uh, it's fully indexed. We've got a beautiful HTML5 interface uh, and self-service restore capability with, with, with a universal global search. So think about putting in, uh, you, know, you know, your boss loses a, a, a spreadsheet he needs it back right away. You have no idea where he, he put that thing. Is You can just search for it. It shows you all the versions that are available to be recovered. You can select the timestamp of the version that needs to be recovered and immediately return it right back to the original share, or you can actually download that right in your browser and then email it to them. So we've got a beautiful universal search, uh, self-service capability uh, built right into the product from day one. I, I'm just not convinced that Michael Cade would lose a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> Since he's your boss, so the, the problem the problem problem with me and Michael is we're always playing I'm just with uh, it yeah him. yeah we've been playing a lot with with our own home built malware scripts to 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 demonstrate uh, our malware recovery capabilities nice. in this product. So one of the one of the really cool things that we can do and one of the demos that we've been doing to show off this product is is malware recovery. So you get a crypto virus that starts encrypting all of your shares. Um, and this is something that you know before I worked with Veeam and, and I was consulting and consulting around uh, storage technologies was actually a pretty common thing. Malware comes in, um, it discovers, uh, you know, lands on a user share, it starts encrypting everything on a, on a file share. Um, you catch it before it encrypts everything, uh, but you, uh, you know, you stop it, you clean the malware up, but now you need to recover that share. Uh, we've got this, we've got a lot of different great recovery capabilities in our product as well. And we've got this really neat recovery capability that's called uh, restore at a point in time. So you can actually get a, uh, when, you, when you do a recovery and you choose restore at a point in time, 
you get a nice little slider. You can slide to the, the, the date and time um, that, ha that was right before the malware struck. And you can return your share directly back to that point in time. So it takes about two or three mouse clicks to basically recover from a malware event using Veeam if you're protecting those NAS shares with Veeam. Uh, it, and, and what's really interesting about our recovery is we also use that engine that we use for determining change files during a backup. We also use that same engine for recovery as well. So we can use that same scalable engine to determine which files need to be recovered. And we uh, parallelize that recovery process. And it's very, very fast, very high performing recovery. And uh, a lot of times you can recover these shares even faster than you know, we were able to protect them. So the, the, the returning your business back to normal after such an event uh, using Veeam is um, a, a really pleasurable experience, very high performing, very easy to do. So with the ransomware piece, um, do you have anything that protects Veeam itself from the ransomware or is it, you know, just, I mean, how do you, how do you deal with that? So absolutely. So we've got hardening guides out there for Veeam infrastructure, right? How do we, um, how do we segregate uh, and only open the proper ports to protect Veeam uh, from any such events? We've got the ability to uh, for our backup files themselves, we integrate with, there's a new capability that we have uh, in Veeam version 10 to protect our backup files up in the cloud into object storages, so segmented off from traditional infrastructure. And we also have what we call a new capability in version 10 for data that pushes up into object store. Uh, we integrate with the uh, S3 API that we call immutable storage API. It's the ability to actually set a timestamp on your backup files as they reside in the cloud that not even your root storage admin or your root cloud admin can remove the data. So the data is truly locked in place, completely read-only and undeletable. So it's a way to guarantee that your backup files are recoverable, no one can remove them, and you always have a copy of your data off-site and unremovable or unhackable. Uh, as it will. That gives you, yeah, that protection against rogue administrators or your malware Abs or yeah, ransomware. Absolutely. That's so awesome. yeah. inter internal threats are a real problem with, with organizations. So we needed to have a way for organizations to guarantee that we're protecting not only against external threats, but also internal threats as well. And that's what immutable APIs and immutable storage does for our data. It, it segregates it from internal storage up into a cloud or S3 target. And it makes it truly unremovable data, even by internal bad actors. So that's that's a new capability in, in Veeam version ten that we're we're really excited about. So how are you preventing the uh, the changes of those files? Like, what are you using to do that? So it is an actual uh, API that's supported today by Amazon. Uh, it's an Amazon API for for AWS S three, and it's a. Uh, it's something that's built right into our, our GUI. You actually just select the timestamp or time frame you want this data to be completely immutable. So let's say you want these the, your, your current backups to be immutable for 30 days, completely unremovable. All you need to do is on your backup job that says make these backups immutable in the cloud for 30 days and we take care of the rest. As simple as, as can be, right? Remember we talked about everything from a Veeam perspective, trying to make everything as, as simple as possible. It's literally one mouse click and then in, and then setting the timestamp you want your data to be immutable from. And it is no longer removable or changeable by anyone until that time frame runs out. And we're tracking this at an object level. So it's not at a bucket level. It's at e each individual 
block is then set to immutable. And that's what's different about individual uh, block immutability versus bucket level immutability. We're much more flexible with uh, working at the individual object level with this new API. So with the cloud cost, who, who incurs that cost? So this, you know, the cost is, is just your standard. Uh, there's no additional cost from Veeam, of course, right? This capability is a completely baked in uh, capability for Veeam. So Veeam never charges you any, anything for, for cloud capabilities. So your only cost here is, is the storage that you use in the cloud. No additional cost there. Okay, so basically it's just like a, an auto-tiering, but for backups. That's right. Okay. So the NAS backups themselves, I mean, are we, we're leveraging the NAS protocols. How do you make those protocols more efficient? How do you make those backups fast enough to handle such a large amount of data? So we're actually mounting, so we're, we're backing up at the protocol level. The, uh, the shares themselves get mounted to each one of the Veeam NAS proxies in our pool. So if we've got five, six, seven, eight proxies, they're all simultaneously mounting these shares. And then they're using the power of uh, each one of their cores in those proxies to do multi-threading. So you could potentially create a pool of, let's say, 10 servers. They each have uh, 10, 10 NAS proxies. They each have 10 cores. That's 100 simultaneous threads of, of access into a share uh, for for multi-streaming and multi-pathing these uh, you know the backups and uh, and restore capabilities. And one of the things that we had to add uh, sort of late in the process was a a slider in in Veeam to reduce the Veeam performance. Uh, believe it or not. So what we found was that Veeam could potentially uh, backing be backup too fast from primary NAS storage. So we actually have a slider to reduce the performance in Veeam and optimize you know, the, the flow and rate that we back up from uh, from your shares. So if you find that Veeam is backing up a little bit too fast or creating too much I.O. on your primary storage, you can actually back us off pretty easily. So basically a throttle, right? Uh, so if you're, throttle, if you're eating up exactly. the entire pop, uh, entire pop, entire pipe of your correct. network. <laughs> correct, correct. So very easily we could, we could saturate a 10-gig pipe or, or even more depending on what you give us. So it's, uh, it's about as high-performing of a, of a NAS backup product that uh, you could probably imagine. Let's go back to the uh, changes in the point-in-time restores um, for SQL and Oracle. I understand there's some changes coming to that in V10 as well. You want to talk a little bit about that for a minute? Two aspects to this, and, and one is, like the Janine, you mentioned around these applications, like the SQL, the big databases, high I/O workloads. That actually, the the challenge for a lot of those larger companies that have these large I/O or high I/O workloads is that. We can't afford to have a VMware snapshot happen because it ultimately stuns the system and then breaks the breaks the um, the, the VM. Right, right. Um, Those change logs get huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so what we what we've engineered is the way of still being able to take that application consistency and still being able to take a, a storage snapshot. So, for example, where we integrate with ONTAP or or from a, a NetApp HCI point of view or SolidFire we can take an orchestrated snapshot. Now we could do that today, we've, we've been able to do that for, for a number of years, where we take an orchestrated application consistent snapshot, but that process in the past, pre-version 10, also involves us taking a VMware snapshot to get that application consistency. In version 10, we remove that requirement of taking that VMware snapshot, which means we don't suffer the stun, which 
So we're still taking a storage snapshot. The storage snapshot then becomes a, a good application consistent re restore point where before that customer might have not been able to take a good solid daily or hourly um, backup of that because of the VMware snapshot and the, the stun that is caused there. So, and then on top of that, because of what we're doing there is where it's application consistent, especially if it's SQL or it's Oracle, then we've got the ability to now capture all of them logs. And remember, this is all agentless as well. We're not, we don't have to put any any additional agent onto any of these these systems. This is just purely us and what we're doing from a VMware perspective with our storage integrations. So what we do is we take those those transactional logs, we store them in our in our backup format, our VLB, and we store that in a Veeam repository. And then when we come, if we have to recover from them, then we use the snapshot as the baseline to be able to restore back to a specific point in time. And I think that that gives us a bit more granularity to be able to restore from. Whereas before, you would have just had a a point in time, so you couldn't use that slider to be able to say down to the transactional level and use the snapshot as the base. You were literally just going to roll back to that snapshot, or you were going to go to the backup that you'd potentially taken twelve hours ago, or or even twenty four hours ago. So it, it's oh, that's a, awesome! It's, yeah, it's a massive focus on those really high performance database databases and how do we improve the protection of those those databases so now you could potentially lower your rpo and really have no impact to production that's that's great and still yeah. be able to do a log replay when you do your hardware snapshot with sql or oracle that's that's a really great feature yeah there you go and then maybe at the end of the day you still have your backup cycle that pushes it off right. the disk that you adhere to that three two one but yeah, during the day. Or move that to, to cloud or wherever you want to go. Yeah, that kind of gives you the ultimate protection because you could do more snapshots during the day, do your backup at night, uh, send that backup to Storage Grid or AWS or Azure or wherever you want to go and uh, have it in multiple places in multiple formats. It's great. Yeah, exactly. And like, so with ONTAP and the, and the snapshots there, we can get down to like 15 minutes. So every 15 minutes, let's be throwing a, an application-consistent snapshot onto the array so that we've got a really tight recovery recovery point and yeah. recovery time objective. Yeah, and that log replay was what was missing before. So having the opportunity to do that now within the hardware snapshots, really, that's a, that's a really great feature. I'm pretty excited about that one. <laughs> yeah, and something else that's, that's really cool in uh, V10 for backup and replication is some SVM security enhancements that we've got. So we've, uh, if you've ever used Veeam Backup and Replication before, we've got really tight integration with ONTAP uh, for, for VMware workloads. And, but one of the things that people disliked was that we always used cluster-level credentials uh, for, for discovering storage virtual machines and discovering the data on the array. So one, one of the things that was, uh, was an ask, especially from our service provider uh, customers, was the ability to add... SVMs individually and use SVM level credentials. So that's something that we're, we're adding into to V10 that I know people are pretty excited about. This allows a, a greater level of, of uh, segmentation of, of security and, and the ability to um, allow uh, Veeam operators to not necessarily have to know the, the cluster, cluster level credentials of, uh, of their ONTAP arrays when they add them to Veeam. So that's uh, something else that's, that's really um, important for us too is, is always working on additional security mechanisms for for our integration with ONTAP. Yeah, I think a lot of ONTAP customers are going to like that a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, people set up the SVMs as a secure multi-tenant, so they want to make sure it's secure. <laughs> and giving the yep. cluster admin credentials is not secure. So, yeah, having a way to do that, to get around doing that is great. What else is uh, cool is this continuation of, of this data fabric story that we that we have with 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 NetApp. And we, we've been talking about the data fabric for years, how Veeam and, and really helps enable the data fabric with ONTAP and some of the new cloud capabilities that that come in V10 continue the story of the data fabric, which is really about being able to move your data, move your workloads in between the cloud back into on-premises, in between hypervisors, um, you know, different hardware tiers, right? It's really about moving the data where it really works best for your organization and your and your customers. And the new capability in version 10 that we're really excited about is to be able to move cloud-native workloads, so machines that originate as native AWS AMI workloads or native Azure compute workloads, and being able to move those back on-prem into VMware. So we're calling this cloud mobility from cloud back to VMware, which is a new capability before. So what we had before this was the ability to go from, from on-prem up into the cloud. So if customers wanted to move workloads from on-prem to cloud native workloads, we had the capability in the previous release. And now we have the, we're closing that loop where workloads that start in the cloud can now move back on-prem using Veeam. So this is really helpful for those customers that might be doing dev test or application development in the cloud, and they want to uh, they want to do production back in their primary data center. Veeam can now be that engine that takes those workloads uh, that start as cloud native and move those back to VMware. Yeah, I'll add I'll add something to that as well. Um, so yeah, as as Adam said, the ability to complete that circle for any workloads that have been pushed into the AWSs or the Azures and be able to now instantly recover those with vSphere. There's also, so regardless of where that source has come from, so if we're backing up our Windows physical agents, our Linux physical agents, our VMs, Hyper-V, any of our virtualization um, source um, workloads, we can actually instantly recover those into vSphere. That's probably the biggest, one of the biggest um, enhancements of, of V10, aside from, from NAS and the cloud tier stuff that we've already spoken to. So the, we've always had the, well, for the last, I think it was version six, was instant VM recovery, which allowed us to back up those vSphere virtual machines. And then when it came to recover, we've got this instant VM recovery, and that allows us to take those backups, present them as a data store, spin the machine up in a matter of seconds, right? And we could even do that from our storage snapshot, our integration with you guys. Yeah, the super fast. I've used that before. It's amazing. So now on top of that, so that was that's all good, right, from a VM point of view. But now think about all of the other image-based backups that we can do. So the the Windows, the Linux, the Hyper-V, the, the VMware still, as well as the cloud ones that Adam just mentioned, we've got the ability to do exactly the same because they all write into this same data format, this VBK format. We've got the ability to instantly present that VBK format as a data store to VMware and have that machine up and running in a matter of seconds from that backup storage. And then you use the, the native tools within VMware, the storage vMotion, to move that back into, into production. So really, regardless of where it's come from. So if that's a physical machine that's just gone bang, how do we get that data? How do we get that workload back up and running as fast as possible? Well, this gives us a, a way of being able to do that in a really fast way. 
And, and you might have touched on it too. So we've got some additional new object storage capability as well on top of that. And we mentioned the the immutability capabilities that that are coming with our our cloud object storage capabilities. But one thing that that's new, and I think it's important to mention, you know, what we did before and what we're doing now in version ten, or a new capability that's in version ten was the way we used object storage before was to tier older backups to object storage. So the the thought being that you know customers might want to keep uh, you know thirty days of backups. Uh, in, in, a, in a faster local repository and then tear off maybe a year up into object storage into cheaper, colder uh, storage targets in the cloud. But what we heard from our customers was, hey, we want to move our complete backup sets um, or mirror our backup sets completely into object storage. So we've added a, just a new checkbox when you're creating a backup job that, that says mirror my backups uh, into object storage. So now from day one, that even that first backup uh, just by checking an additional box in our backup job, we can mirror those backups into object storage or something like storage grid. Uh, oh, so there's no delay now? You can actually move exactly. it directly yeah. as you're doing the backup? That's Excellent. right. Yeah. So the, as the backups land in that in that high-speed repository, you know, for the, for the fastest possible ingest rate of your backup, they immediately then start moving and copying themselves up into object storage. So you have that immediate off-site copy. And you can also enable the immutability API on top of that. So you can immediately have your, your backups up into a state um, off, uh, off your uh, primary data center into the cloud uh, and set the immutability API for guarantee that the data cannot be removed. So it's the, the ultimate in uh, security of your data, completely eliminating you know, the last bits of use case that people were, were using tape for, right? That, completely air-gapped copy of your data that nobody could remove or nobody could delete. Now we can replicate that, that similar capabilities with, with V10, closing the last uh, few remaining objections in, in use cases for tape, I think. Yeah, I think so. so. That gives you your quick restore on-prem copy and your immutable safe backup in the cloud, too. Absolutely. So that's, that's something that we're, we're really excited to, to finally bring those capabilities. So let me get this straight. You've got you've got SMB, you've got NFS backup, you've also got um, object storage backup. Is is there anything you guys can't do from a protocol perspective? Can you do, can you do FCP, iSCSI, <laughs> NVMe over fiber channel? <laughs> yeah, there's 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 no workloads that we can't protect today, right? So we, we can protect anything that's cloud native, anything that's that runs uh, Windows, uh, Linux is a, is a virtual machine. We've got Unix capabilities now from a backup perspective. So. AIX and Solaris um, are, are, are new capabilities for us as well from a backup perspective. M Michael, am I missing anything? Yeah, that, that just reminded me of some of the enhancements around software defined. Yes, we have bells and whistles with you guys from an ONTAP point of view with Element OS or Element Software, NetApp HCI, etc. But then also we want to stay agnostic to where we actually protect that data too. Now, yeah, we can protect and put that data to Block-based storage, SMB, NFS, DGP appliances, the cloud tier that we mentioned around the object storage. Also, another enhancement or a couple of enhancements is a big focus around um, our Linux footprint. So traditionally, Veeam has been very much required to use Windows as our, our component. So things like, uh, so our management server has to sit on Windows. That could be a virtual machine. It can be physical, whatever you, whatever you need, but it has to be Windows. Then we have our proxies. Our traditional proxies, again, have to be Windows. 
Now, in version 10, we're introducing a Linux proxy that allows us to take hot add or virtual appliance mode, so being able to take virtual machine VMware backups via this Linux proxy. So again, when we get to these hard, large enterprise, large scale environments where maybe a Windows license doesn't, you don't want to be spending a, a, a ton of money on Windows licensing for X amount of proxies, we can now take take upon the, uh, the Linux proxies as well. Um, also on top of that Linux is we support um, or we're implementing the support for XFS as a file system. That's there already. We can do that. But on top of that, they have a block cloning technology called RefLink in there, um, which is the, the, the ability to reduce things like synthetic falls, but also the space savings around that. Um, so we're, we're going to be supporting that in very much the same way as we support Windows ReFS today as a, as a file system. But where we store that initial, that 7, 14, 30 day type retention backup. So yeah, giving a bit of Linux love in there as well. Got any Mac love? <laughs> Just from me. Uh, yeah, that, I'm a Mac user as well, but yeah, not, so nothing, nothing on the on the horizon. There's no iPhone agent. Uh, so you mentioned this instant recovery piece. Um, in instant, you know, obviously has a is a loaded term. Uh, but how how fast has this gotten now? I mean, have you added any improve, performance improvements? Yeah, yeah. So so obviously, I mentioned around instant instant VM recovery being around for for a good few years now. Um, but the one thing that I'd ask anyone to test that's a Veeam customer is actually do a side-by-side -side test of Veeam Backup and Replication 9.5 Update 4 in comparison to V10. Just that instant recovery is is dramatically improved, like five times, six times faster than than it was. There's a there's a good demo um, out there as well that will that will show this as a comparison. But it's the same as any any release, right? Anything that Veeam does. Under the weeds, them enhancements that we that we said about the 150, a lot of them are going to be going back and looking at what we've already done, and making them faster because we could have implemented something five, ten years ago that has changed with the market because of storage, because of just infrastructure has changed. So it gives us the ability to leverage that things like um, more more CPU, more memory, more like faster disk, faster media. So we are constantly looking at under the under the hood to see what we can improve, and that's one of them there, right? That instant recovery has taken a, had a massive overhaul to to improve performance. And and what that really gives from a benefit standpoint is the customers that are doing instant VM recovery for potentially tier one applications like database can now feel confident that for short short you know for you know you're you're not going to want run want to run long periods of production. Uh, from your backup storage, but the performance here now is, is much more uh, workable for those tier one database applications, and it's much more optimized for uh, for for higher I/O and lower latency when doing things like databases from instant VM recovery, which is being able to boot those virtual machines up directly from your backup files uh, that reside on backup uh, storage, target storage. And yeah. you can still do that from storage snapshot, correct? Storage yeah, snapshot absolutely. is always the preferred method for instant VM recovery because that's coming right from your primary storage. Much faster. We, yeah, right. we take advantage of uh, of ONTAP flex clone technology or instant snapshot cloning in, in Element OS to bring those workloads back on uh, even faster. And of course, that's primary storage. So that's uh, that's going to be your, your number one choice if that's available to you. 
So Veeam version 10 is available as of February 18th. Go to veeam.com to grab the download. You're going to want it right away. That's right. And this podcast will go out after the 18th. So that'll be in the past. <laughs> it and uh, you can still get a 30-day trial, correct? Yeah, yeah. That's not going away, right? So the community edition as well. So the free product that allows you to protect up to 10 instances. So 10 instance could be a VM, could be some NAS, could be a cloud-based workload. It's yeah, it's a universal license that that moves, but yeah, the community edition, so the free version for your for your home labs or maybe even just like touching seeing what seeing what it looks like. Yeah, there's always going to be that community edition there as well. Awesome. Or a 30-day trial that gives you the the full-blown functionality that allows you to integrate into like the lights of ONTAC. And what I always found that was pretty, really cool about Veeam is the community edition is the same exact software that Fortune 500 companies are running in their environment. There is no difference. It's the same highly scalable performing backup that we're basically giving away for, for customers to do 10 instances or less. It's the same exact version of software that customers with 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 workloads uh, are protecting with Veeam. So this, so, is, this is the real deal. So I imagine that's license locked. Is it something that you can upgrade to a full version if needed so you don't have to blow away everything? Absolutely. So all you need to do is add in uh, some additional licenses and you're, you're completely unlocked to the full release capabilities of Veeam. Excellent. All right, so that's Veeam 10. A uh, lot of stuff going into that. Uh, Janine, if we wanted to reach you, how do we do that? Uh, Janine.Walter at NetApp.com. Or uh, J9 Walter on the Twitters. Michael Cade, the boss. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on the Twitters at Michael Cade One, and I do a bit of blogging over at vzilla.co.uk. Some NetApp stuff, some Beam stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah, whatever. No big. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Adam Berg, last but not least. Find me on the Twitter at AJ Berg or shoot me an email, adam.berg at veeam.com. All right, excellent. Thanks so much, uh, Veeam folks and Janine, for joining us today. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Janine Walter, Michael Cade, and Adam Berg for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Getting off on this. Oh, yeah. Um, anything else you want to add about Veeam before we start talking about Veeam 10? Uh, well, so, so no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, so, so Uh, no, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.